All right, everybody, welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoor Adventures podcast. I wanted to tell everyone about a new way that you can support us. We have a link now in the description of every single episode on Spotify, and it gives you an option to donate to us. So we'd really appreciate if you would consider that. Um, The prices are literally anywhere from $1 to $10, so none of that's going to break the bank, but... Um, If you enjoy our content, it's a way for you to support us and help us continue to get better equipment, record better episodes, and keep getting better podcasts out there for you guys to listen to. So we thank you for uh, taking the time to listen to us, and let's get into another podcast. Welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoor Adventures Podcast, brought to you by Yellow Hat Outdoors. All right, welcome to episode 50. We've got Hudson Hawes in the house, and we have a returning guest for episode 50, the half century. We just hit our first year anniversary. I'm excited for tonight, getting a little, we're getting into all sorts of things. Uh... Hunting will be a central topic, but it might be touched on later because we have a lot of good stuff to cover first. But Sam Adams, welcome back to the podcast, brother. Literally. Thanks for having me, man. How's that Glad for an intro? Here. I'm kind of cracked out right now, going at it. Anyway, Go uh, do you have a do you have a bunch of those orange Red Bulls you like, or what? Oh no, just just DP today. You like orange Red Bulls, Glenn? Oh my. Gosh, okay. yeah. Like, and they're like, orange flavored. Yeah, they're like you know, kind of like an orange Fanta or Sunkiss or something like that. Mm. I can see it. I guess. Are, are you not? Yeah. Just meh. So, it sounds meh. Good grief, dude! Red Bull is the second best drink on this planet behind Dr. Red Bull's Pepper. great. It's so good. I, I will say, I think the OG I, I Man, prefer. I... Orange is good. What were you saying, Sam? I wish that Red Bull did. I, I was saying I didn't. I wish that Red Bull didn't mess with my stomach so bad. Oh, does it so, tear you up, uh, Glenn? I'm sure you remember when I used to work. Oh, it tears me up, bro. I'm telling you. So when I worked at that body shop, you remember when I worked at American Street Rods? Oh yeah. So when I worked there, every morning we would go. Uh, we would walk across the street to the quick stop across the street and. We would get uh, we would get some drinks and get some egg rolls, and I'm talking. This is at like oh eight o'clock in the morning. This Whoa. dude had egg rolls on deck, fresh out of the fryer, best egg rolls I've ever eaten, without a doubt. But I would get a couple of free egg rolls and a 24 ounce Red Bull. Okay, the laying down on my back under cars and then getting back up would give me heartburn like you would not believe <laughs> dude and i i love red bull so much but i can't i can't do i can't deal with the heartburn that's why i'm a white monster man now sure wow well, yeah our last guest had a very severe white monster addiction he did and he's probably gonna be back on it yeah yeah he's not gonna last for long not on that stuff let's face <laughs> it it's, I believe in you, Nick. Sam, you're a white monster guy, right? Uh, yes, I have toned toned my white monster habit 
way, way back. I probably drink there was I probably a time. three or four a week now. It's, there was a time, what, when you had two or three a day? Oh, I was probably doing more than that. Um, no. When I was, when I was working for, yeah, yeah, when, yeah, when I was a mechanic, I was, uh, I would buy two, two 10 packs for my four day work week and I'd drink all of it. Oh my gosh. Dude. And How are you I mean, standing? I was just, I'm telling you, man, I was just, I was just, I was just slugging them back. I'm sitting down right now. That's probably how, but I mean, I, you know, I just, I was just slugging them back and uh, you know, I, I realized that, Hey, you know, this probably, you probably can't continue being alive if you're going to keep doing this. So I, uh, yeah. I tried, I tried to quit cold Turkey. That, that one didn't go well for me. Uh, I tried to quit Kolki and I, uh, my, my coworker Brent was teaching a class uh, down here in Dallas and we were sharing the classroom that week. I didn't have much going on, but it was a Tuesday and I, I came home to let my dogs out and check out all my chickens and stuff. And I grabbed a sandwich out of the refrigerator and I pulled up my phone. I'm just looking at stuff on Instagram, you know, no big deal eating my sandwich, sitting out on the couch and this is at like 12.30, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And I all of a sudden jolt awake. Okay, I don't remember falling asleep, but I jolt awake. And it's like, it's 4.30 in the afternoon. And I had just, I had just slept for that afternoon. My sandwich was still in my hand. <laughs> still got my phone in my hand. It was dead by this point, but... I got my sandwich. I got my phone in my hand, and I just wake up, and I'm like, "Where am I? What's happening? What, what, what what's going on here?" You know, and I just I realized that I had just taken a four hour involuntary nap, and I realized that okay, maybe a little bit of caffeine's probably still okay, and uh, that's where I've that's where I've been at ever since. Wow, that's insane. Wow, that is. <laughs> You wow. induced narcolepsy yeah. under yourself due to your severe caffeine abuse and then denying your body that substance. And that's a darn shame is what that is, truthfully. That's crazy. Well, yeah, well, what did, I mean, at least I didn't just jump right back into it, you know. I'd, yeah. <clears throat> so what'd you do after? White monster. Oh, God. Cancer, dude. It's worse than Pop Tarts. There is, it's way worse than Pop Tarts. There's at least there's no sugar in White Monster. Come on now. Yeah, um, so they're there gonna is, be putting uh, something absolutely insane in there. That's just like uh, there's like no sugar, meth. but there is literal methamphetamines in here. We crush okay. up Adderall and drop it in there. <laughs> just, just a little, just a little sprinkle on the top, you know. No, there's uh, there's lots of B vitamins and lots of different vitamins that I That's can't pronounce. Uh, no, they're probably not good for you. But uh, they're vitamins. Yeah. yeah, it's the same thing as call, eating a Fred Flintstone. Yeah, yeah, eating a Fred Flintstone <laughs> twenty five <laughs> times a day not good for you. <laughs> My buddy's brother Eventually, growing up ate a whole. Uh, bottle of fred flintstone gummies because he thought they tasted good 
Oh my gosh, that's like the you guys seen the things where like some I I think a lot of them are fake now, but I remember one was real, like an early one where it was like literally just ate half this bottle of melatonin gummies before realizing it was like melatonin gummies, oh and it gosh. was like it was like one in the afternoon. <laughs> oh, good grief! Well, Bam, yeah, it's, coma. Well, and it's like the kids that get into their friggin' parents' weed weed gummy bears stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you're just they're done for. Better shim off to the wham old. bam coma. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. So, so you, go ahead, sorry. Hudson. I was no 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 I was only gonna say the one time I drank like five energy drinks, even in like it was like in a probably. 36 hour window I literally woke up that night hallucinating it was wild I'm I'm never even considering doing that again so mad respect that you've survived and you've and you've beat the addiction yeah yeah I made it uh, made it out the other side and hopefully uh, hopefully I'll keep a lid on it this time yeah maybe we should have so, a uh, segment of the podcast called uh, white monster anonymous White Monsters Anonymous. I'm, uh, I'll be, uh, I'll be in that, no doubt. We probably have a lot of listeners, considering considering most people like to hunt and fish that listen to this, that probably are suffering. Yeah, uh, at least from something. My buddy Brian, Mountain Dew. That dude. <laughs> a shout out to Brian as Mountain Dew consumption. It's but it's unlike anyone I've ever met. It's pretty impressive. We'll have to talk about it when he comes on. I'm excited high to school, cover that. High school me could drink a lot of Mountain Dew in tonight. <laughs> Especially at Vaughn's house. Oh, my gosh. Did we get two 24 packs of freaking Code Red and Voltage and just hammer them? Gosh. And then Kellen would come to indoor soccer after and barf halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> Sucker. So, oh. well, well. Here's a good transition. Sorry, Glenn. I'm going to steal this from you for a second. Uh, Sam, did you end up getting to take any white monster with you to to McAllister? No, I actually didn't feel didn't feel the need to. Uh, I was off the off the drink for (laughs) the entire time I was there. Actually, Um, are you are you cleaning your shotgun right now? No, I'm not. I'm moving my chair around in my garage. I'm trying to find a dang phone charger. I'm I'm so sorry. Y- y'all, I, I was planning on muting myself, and y'all got me talking now. So uh, I got I got got a phone charger now. No, I uh, I didn't take any white monster with me. I figured that the thrill of the hunt would be enough to keep me going, and it was. Sure. So. That was good. Uh, my one of my buddies that came with us brought a whole bunch of Red Bull, and I am really, really trying to keep sugar out of uh, out of my diet. And he did not bring sugar free Red Bull, so no Red Bulls for Sam. Wow, good for you. Well, your stomach yeah. probably thanked you. Mm-hmm. It it absolutely did. Here's absolutely, a, it did. Here's the real kicker. Did no sugar bring you a focus to the hunt? How did it? How did the situation unfold? Let's get into it. So, so 
this, I, I've been, you know, I've been thinking about how I wanted to pitch this to you guys ever since I was on my way home from McAllister. And to say that I had an unsuccessful hunt would be wrong. There is no meat in my freezer, so I did not bring a deer home. But this hunt taught me so much about myself and about my placement. Like, I usually hunt out of a ground blind, right? And that was not the move here. Absolutely was not the move. Um, I learned a lot about concealing myself, and I learned a lot about during the rut, these deer are going to come from wherever they decide to come from. And there is no... There's no um, no rhyme or reason for it. So to give you an idea of where I had myself set up, I was about 100 yards. No, that's too much. I was about 50 yards south of where I had set up last time. And I was in like similar terrain, but I picked three trees in a triangle just like I did last time. And I'm looking at two trails, two game trails that come to a point right at a big rub on a tree. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm 10 yards from this rub. This is going to be, this is going to be perfect. Okay. So I set myself up on Thursday and I helped, uh, my three buddies get set up and we turned tail, went out of there, had some steaks that night. We were going to do it big the next day. And I didn't see a single deer on Friday. Not one. Oh. And so yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like, did I, did I misjudge this entire situation? Do I need to go move around some, uh, like Hudson, your dad and I talked, uh, before I went on this hunt and he's like, he was telling me how he's usually kind of moving around a little bit. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I ought to think about trying that. So I was staying in place on Friday until right after lunchtime after not seeing anything, not even squirrels. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't seeing anything. And I moved around a little bit. Didn't see much. Uh, I came, came back to my blind where I was at shooting light came and went that night. I walked back to the truck. I was feeling really defeated, honestly, because I was like, I had, I came out here. This is supposed to be a target rich environment. I am thinking about this as there should be deer everywhere. All I need to do is get one to stand still so I can get a shot at it. And I was really feeling really down about it. Saturday morning rolls around and first light. I see, I see a doe being chased by a buck, but oh, they cut, they come up behind me. Okay, I'm facing my I'm facing my two game trails that I'm looking at. Yeah. They come up behind me. The doe comes around the right side of me and the buck comes around the left side of me. And they come back together in the middle and the buck is he like comes together with the doe. He's a little bit interested in her, not not too much. He just kind of ambles off and does his own thing. The doe is pacing around in front of me and I can't get a I can't stand up because she keeps looking at me. She's looking at me, but she's not running off. So annoying. 
Oh, dude. I it's, every, it's inf- How bad did you want to just smoke her right then? Oh, I wanted to. She was she was less than 20 yards away, so if she would have stood still and looked away for about 5 seconds, I would have I would have mm-hmm. I would have put an arrow in her for sure. And but but she wouldn't and then she gets off to the right of me just a little ways and I'm following her in my chair and I've got my bow. I'm ready to stand up. And then something, this one buck that she came in with had already gone. Something big comes bashing in behind me. Right. But I can't turn around because my, my trees weren't close enough together. So if I had turned around, whatever it was would have seen me. So I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm looking at this doe and she's looking at whatever it is behind me. And so I know that if I try to stand up and do anything, they're going to both take off running. But this, I'm assuming it was a big old buck right behind me was bashing around about probably less than five yards behind me. So I am terrified. Okay. I'm, I'm literally shaking. (laughs) And this doe sees me shaking. She can see me <laughs> shaking and she blows and blows and runs off. And then whatever it was behind me blows and runs off. And I was like, man, golly. <laughs> okay. So I think, all right, time to adjust my tactics. So I turn around and then they come in from behind me again. Oh, oh gosh. That's three sucks. more does come in from behind me. Every, every single which way I turned, they were always coming from behind me until I got uh, this one little fawn. She came right over in front of me. She was less than five yards away from me, but I didn't shoot her. And there's a couple of reasons for that. So the first reason is that I was really, really in the market for a quality pass. So if you don't know a whole lot about McAllister, your quality pass, if you shoot a doe that's mature, I think is the word they use. If you shoot a mature doe or if you shoot a pig, you get a quality pass to come back next year. So she wasn't going to fill my quality pass and she oh, wasn't going to put a whole lot of meat in my freezer. Either. That, might, that might be new. Uh, I don't know if they, they may have said that when I was there. I didn't know pigs were on the list. Were they on the list last time you were there? For getting a quality pass, yeah, they were on the list. Pigs were last time. Okay, I was there. maybe I just I, yeah, I was probably just not were on listening. The list last time I was there. Hmm. Well, that's cool. So uh, this time, this time only pigs and those were on the list. Coyotes were not on the list. So this little fawn was not going to fill my freezer, nor was going to fill my quality pass. So I passed on her because she's going to she's going to grow up and get bigger and going to fill somebody else's freezer and give somebody else a quality pass probably. So I did pass on her. Then uh Saturday afternoon real late I had a doe come all by her lonesome up the ridge from the that would be the east of me come up all by her lonesome right in front of me, wasn't even looking at me. I am standing, holding my bow, and I start to draw back, and she hears my arrow slide on my riser. Oh. Down. She hears yeah. it. 
takes off running. I was like, you have oh my got gosh. to be kidding me. Unreal. So my, uh, so my, my end takeaway from this hunt was I'll be in a tree next time. Because if I had three, I'm pretty sure I would have filled my buck tag and my doe tag by Saturday afternoon. And I would have been sitting back at camp making everybody <sighs> dinner while they were out there hiding in a, in a tree. But I, I learned I learned a lot about myself, about concealment. And I need to be uh, I need to be I need next time I'm out there. So I was. Was in I was in a place where they were moving. Uh, it was the time of year that they were moving. They were rutting for sure. Uh, I did see it wasn't on McAllister's list of most wanted, but so to I'm not trying to get off topic here. But have you guys seen the? There's an internet conspiracy. It's the biggest whitetail buck ever taken in the states, and then there's another one that's supposed to be bigger, but the picture looks fake. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? I don't, I don't I think, think so. Yeah, I feel like I see one of those every year. It's like new world record buck, and I'm like, I, I so I don't know which one you're talking about specifically, though. Well, it's a it's he he shot him in I think it's the mid to late '80s, and it was a guy up in up in northern Michigan, Lie. and apparently the deer don't get that big in northern Michigan. No. Well, this is just what I'm reading on the internet. I've never been to Northern Michigan in my life, so I don't really know. But the way the story goes, what I've read is this guy shot this deer in Northern Michigan. Apparently, everybody that hunts around there don't get that big in Northern Michigan. And this guy just shoots these monster monster bucks every year without fail. And there's one picture out there that I'm thinking of and I'll send it to you guys as soon as as soon as we get off of here because I can't think of the guy's name but it's the it's the guy's last name if you if you google it it's the the guy's last name buck and the deer looks fake to me I'm I'm a believer that this deer is grafted anyways the the whole reason I'm bringing this up is this deer's rack was it was really long. He was probably 10 or 12 points, but he was really wide. It wasn't like a, the regular basket shape like like you're yeah. used to seeing. But Dang. he ran through right in front of me, and I could see the black the black coming off of his tarsals on the back of his legs. Dang. He was rotten. I could smell him, too. That's oh, how stinky he was. God. I could smell him. And just came charging but through. But they were – those. And you just those, didn't have a those chance. Those deer just kept bashing through. They Gosh. were no, I couldn't. the 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 best I could do was move myself to to see them before they ran away, or blew at me and then ran away. So that that's why if I had been in a tree, this would have turned different. But I learned a lot of lessons in some patience and making sure that I'm listening and really knowing more what deer sound like when they're coming through the woods and like listening to their footsteps. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Kind of like pre-positioning, like you hear something, I, let's get everything ready, point in that direction, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, I feel like everybody that hunts with 
traditional gear has this moment at, at some point in their in their career they, yeah. they've got this time where they're like okay i should have been more prepared or differently prepared different and this was my moment yeah. i should have done something different and now i know what to do different next time mm-hmm. dang so is that picture is that deer just still like when you close your eyes can you watch it run past <laughs> yeah absolutely i i see him i see him in my i see him in my daydreams i see him in my nighttime dreams i see him in my nightmares sometimes you know i just i, I see i see all of these deer and i'm like hey you could have been you could have been dinner tonight but you weren't so Gosh. It was a uh, it was a little bit of a little bit of a bummer from the trophy standpoint, but I know so much better of what to do next time I'm out there in the woods, and I know that I need to try to enjoy it more and be a little bit more vigilant, a little bit more prepared. Like it's not like I was asleep or anything when these deer were running by me. Yeah, I'm sitting there waiting for them, and they're coming up on me really fast. They're Coming up over the hill, there's a food plot at the bottom of the hill, right next to a pond. And uh, two of my buddies were sitting on that pond, and none of the, none of the deer would like. Well, there was four of us there. None of us, none of us got anything. Uh, none of us even got a shot off at anything. It wouldn't. Uh, these deer were they were weren't coming close to us. And it's not like these guys are inexperienced hunters either. Yeah. Um, all of these guys are. All these guys are mostly archery. Um, I got, got one friend that hunts at uh, Black Kettle a lot, so he's a he's a rifle guy. But his uh, his deal is filling the freezer and not going for trophies. So uh, it was it was a it was a good hunt for all four of us. But I feel like I, I feel like I learned quite a bit, and I'll be much more ready next time I get out there. That gets me fired up. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the best you can take out of it. Uh, and sometimes, sometimes with those rutting bucks, there's like, there's, there's nothing. nothing you can do sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have that story of, I saw a massive buck chasing a doe right by me uh, out at 10 Killer on public land. And I maybe could have done something. I could have been more prepared, but honestly, like I heard him coming. I turned in that direction. Don't know how many times I barked and screamed at him, but there was, that guy was not going to stop. And, uh, so, I mean, yeah, just sometimes it's just like, there's just be happy. You saw it. I guess I, I love those bucks with the, with wide racks. Those are my favorite. I, I prefer wide over like tall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you, I don't feel like they're as com- as common either. I've seen a lot more bucks with tall racks than I have with wide racks. Yeah, Glenn, what's your favorite kind of rack? Uh, you know, just as long as they're you know good size. Um, I don't yeah. really discriminate too much. Now, yeah, I, that's fair. I I like a non typical, just whatever the wildest situation Mother Nature throws out there. I'm I'm in for. 
kind of like Landon's a little bit. Yeah, that was a weird one. Yeah, like I would, I would much, I'd be so happy to shoot like a smaller, you know, like you know, thirty-seven point than like you know a two hundred inch perfectly typical eight or ten point. You know what I mean? That looks like the Hanukkah thing. Like that's yeah. cool, but like, like a menorah. Yeah, but I want to shoot like. Something funky. Yeah, like my dad's or like Landon's. Something that got injured whenever it was sparring early season, get some crazy growth going. Oh yeah. That's my that's well, my yeah, flavor. The, the, they're they're much more unique. You know, it, it's not not to say that every deer isn't unique, but the the non typical ones are I, I don't know, I think they're I think they're way cooler than typicals. Mm-hmm. Not nah. to say that a big, not to say that a big typical is not cool, but I think they're cool. Yeah, that's I've, you're a purist. As uh, as of right purist. as of right now, now I got a pretty good typical sitting in my on my wall right behind me. Um, I love typicals, but I think like once I get that like that kind of Pope and Young like that uh, that really just you know, I don't know, really nice, typical deer. Then I think I'll be like, okay, now I want to get something crazy. Like, but right now my list, I I would much rather shoot a tip, a really nice looking typical. Well, actually right now on my list at this point in the season, I want to shoot something that is brown <laughs> and that I can eat. Yeah. Um, yep. How many does, how many does have you passed Hudson? Oh, I don't know, eight or ten. Um, but what's well, I mean? What, what kind of a bummer is I haven't, I haven't been out in at least a week. Could be more. Um, so that doesn't help. Not at all. Yesterday was the eight-year anniversary of my uh, last deer, or my first buck, I mean. Pretty cool, huh? First and only one, baby. <laughs> Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. yeah. First and uh, only. Huh? Yeah, maybe my last one ever. I don't know. We'll just have to see how the, the wind now, blows. You're, hey, you're trying to get out uh, another time in December, right? Yeah, I'll probably go out and shoot a doe. Heck yeah, dude. If uh, no one wants to come with me, let me know, Hudson. Maybe you can come shoot a monster buck, and once he passes, oh really? If nobody wants to come with you, and yeah, no one likes me, it's just me. So no, so you have a list of people that you're like, hey, please or, come, or I have to take Hudson. Yeah, like Landon. Oh yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> he actually shoots deer. Oh. <laughs> yeah hey my dad got a uh got a phone tree mount so he can record stuff and uh this is funny maybe he won't like me telling it but i'll tell it anyways he was hunting a couple days ago and first time trying it out sets it up on the tree working great and uh this doe comes out and he's like ah oh, i'm gonna i'm gonna you know set have my phone recorder like just kind of practice a little bit he turns, turns the mount, phone falls off, <laughs> lands on the ground. The doe just looks at him and then 
kind of comes closer, does not care at all about the sound, and then just, I mean, he wasn't going to take her anyways, but she just kind of, she just left. And I was like, that's just the most, at least it didn't happen with a big buck, but that's just so classic. Just, <laughs> yeah. You get this new toy, you're so excited to use it, and then just, bam, <laughs> goner. That is, Scares them away. Yeah. Well, uh, I have, I, do you guys have anything else about deer hunting? Because I am dying to ask you guys about, talk about this situation. I've recently it's, been informed it of. It sounds like. Glenn, it sounds like you were chomping at the bit, and I do have one thing to say to you specifically. Oh, boy. When are you going hunting and where? Because I definitely want to come. Uh, I'll literally wow. probably... There it is. See ya, Hudson. You're out, bro. Um, no, I'll probably, <laughs> probably just go... Hudson, I'll, Hudson, I'll come pick you up, dog. We, we can <laughs> Okay. <laughs> no, I'm probably going holiday antler list just to uh, close... Well, actually, wherever someone wants me to shoot a doe, but if no one wants me to, then um, we'll just go uh, where we goose hunted. Okay. You know, cool. if you smell what I'm stepping in there. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got so, you. Uh, yeah, well, you, there's bazillion freaking does out there, so figure, okay. uh, you know, go stack up a few. So if I actually do yeah. that, I'll let you know. Yeah, yeah, please, please do. I... Um I'm planning on being up that away about the middle of December. So that might, uh, is that, I don't know when holiday antler list in Oklahoma is, if I'm being honest with you. That'd be before, but I could probably, uh, I could probably still take you out. Okay. Yeah. If, uh, if, it, if it all works out, I'm, I'd like to like to go at least get a, at least get another look at some deer. Sure. Hudson. Before the season's all the way over. We'll drop him off, and then we'll go have fun in our own little tent. Uh, uh? Okay. <laughs> Just like Remember me, you, this? and Kenneth used to do, huh? <laughs> oh, boy. Well, uh, so this is what I've been seeing most recently. So you know how America has a problem with a lot of feral species, but um, we'll focus on feral hogs, you know, running amok, tearing things up. We got, we do, we, in America, we got feral horses. Uh, you look up the BLM land out there in Utah and Nevada and stuff, turn that up. We got feral cats that literally kill like 20-something billion with a B songbirds a year. Very bad uh, ecological thing. But did you guys know that Australia has feral camels? I did not know that they had feral camels. camels. I knew that they had feral cats, yeah. like we do here. So those guys over there, they shoot they shoot feral cats and make like jackets out of cat skins. Yeah, yes, really? they do. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there, there's documentaries all over the place. Yeah, that that'll uh, that'll give you a YouTube rabbit hole to go down tonight. But uh-huh. I did not know that they had feral camels. How do the camels survive in Australia? Honestly, I feel like there's well, so many predators that would just destroy them. Dude, I, I mean, think about it. Like, where do camels live? The friggin' desert. So yeah. they're out there, like, I think in, I think it's Western Australia, out in the desert. All the, it's literally, there's, like, you know, one person per every million miles. And uh, all that people do out there is run cattle. But now there's a population, I think the, la- the number I saw was four to five million feral camels out there. 
So if like you think about it, like, you know, what is, how much wheat does one pig eat, you know? You know, a little bit. And then how much does a pack of 20 pigs eat, you know? Probably, you know, a lot more. But, like, I'm thinking, like, you know, maybe five pigs eat about as much wheat as, like, a cow would, you know? But think about it. You're trying to run cattle on the same land. There's feral camels. Those things are eating all the cow's food. And so these ranchers, bro, are stacking up camels. They do it really? from the helicopters. <laughs> oh, no way. Oh, oh yes, like they, they do. Just like they do down here with the pigs. Yes, they do. Yep. But they're oh. not allowed to have, like, real guns there. So they have, like, bolt action, like, 308s or eight, or 30-06s uh, with red dots on top. <laughs> no and they're way. flying Jeez. around in helicopters or, like, they're out running cattle and they see these things. I'll send you guys a video, um, and these these people just absolutely wreck shop on camels. <laughs> it's this guy called Jack out the back. I think he's like a he's probably like a twenty five or thirty year old Australian guy. Just lives in the outback, cattle rancher. And this guy, like, like it's something like it's like watching GTA. This guy is indifferent. Like camels' lives mean nothing to him. <laughs> so, so you're talking about you're talking about like the kind of killing that. Uh, ha- have y'all seen Saving Private Ryan? Yes. So you remember like closing in on the very end of the movie, the guy is in the in the bell tower and he's saying the Lord's Prayer as he's like racking rounds. Yeah. In his bolt action rifle, is yeah. that, so that's that's the kind of stuff that you're talking about, right, Glenn? Yeah, I'm I'm talking like borderline, like you're watching it, like this guy has a screw loose because he is genuinely apathetic. I mean, it is it is wild. I'm, I'll send you guys the video right now, but uh, it is on. Uh, it is the wildest. I was literally watching it out loud. I just went, "Whoa!" <laughs> I mean, it's what? It is awesome. It's it's a good watch tonight. I mean, I would recommend very very highly if you're not a hunter. I wouldn't encourage you to watch it, but it it's it's kind of just like crazy that like there's a feral camel problem, and like it's so bad that they have to deal with it on that scale. There's literally a market for it now. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's not as sexy as like going around it with a machine gun and a Whoa. Uh, helicopter, but dude, it would still be fun. I'm like, surely you could get a like a you know those snow geese guns where they put the tube extension on, and you have yeah. like twelve shotgun rounds. I'm like, dude, you put some slugs in there and get after it with a group of camels. <laughs> it's crazy. I'm I I'm just been chewing on it. Like this is. <laughs> Unbelievable to me. I don't know. Maybe we can, maybe we can try and like post some from it and like give them credit on our Instagram. Yeah, maybe we can find from it. I bet we can find that. Maybe a clip that's not a not too like egregious. Yeah, not too graphic. Yeah, it's pretty pretty wild. The guy literally stacking up freaking camels. So I don't know. Pretty crazy, but uh, that it is what it is. You know. So uh, that that's what I got. I love that. I love, I love that you found that. It, yeah, it's it's a 
it's a strong I don't even desire is probably the wrong word, but it's it's a fascination <laughs> for me. It is a true fascination. Desire. I, yeah, I don't really want to go shoot a camel, but it's kind of like shooting cows, you know? It's not like that. That's not like very cool or yeah. you're not like you don't have to work hard to find them and they're the camels aren't really scared of the guy. <laughs> they <laughs> he said they've like never seen humans before and then here this crazy bloke shows up and in his flip-flops and a you know pair of shorts and wreck shop. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh yeah, then, then all of a sudden the dude's sending sending these camels to Jesus with a with a three hundred wind mag like in a red dot on top. Yeah, boom, boom, boom. I will also say it's this over. guy this guy must be an ex Navy SEAL because I have never seen shooting as accurate with a bolt action rifle. <laughs> you know the video we posted of your dad and all his friends, Hudson. Yes, it's like if if ninety percent of those about them. <laughs> I don't know if I put their name on that. <laughs> Sorry, Tim. There it is. <laughs> Should I name the rest of them or what? <laughs> no, no. We'll, 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 let, them, we'll let them live in anonymity. But uh, it's like if 90% of those bullets found their mark. I mean, it is, it's unbelievable. This guy is, is one of a kind. So, And he's if, shooting out of a helicopter too? Well, so yeah, he... The first, so it's a Kevin Palmer introduced it to me. Shout out to Chevron, but uh, he sent me a short of I don't like it as much. a YouTube short. <laughs> I didn't know anyone watched those except Brighton, but he sends those to me all the time. Like <laughs> Kevin, just get back on Instagram, buddy. Yeah, it's, like it's there and it's better. So let's face yeah. it, there. Um, but let's see. Yeah, uh, it's a YouTube short. I just sent it to you guys. And I mean, this guy is one-shotting these things. It's crazy. It is truly, <laughs> it's crazy. I, 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 I'm just speechless still. Last night I was laying in bed and I just looked over at Kidney. I go, do you know that Australia has a feral camel problem? <laughs> she didn't really, she wasn't as interested as you guys are acting at least, but it's crazy. I, well, I don't know what to, I don't know what to say, but mind boggling to say the least for a guy like me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I I hope we don't ever have a feral camel problem. But if we do, I will. I'll sign up. I'll be one of the troops, Dude, baby. I've watched plenty of videos from Australia and, and other parts of the world where, like, they have really bad rat problems on farms. Yes, and they just freaking like. I mean, they'll get a bunch of terriers out there and just go to work. Yes, dude. And then have you seen them with the little thermal scopes where they're plinking dude, those things? You, you sent me that? That was one of the coolest videos I've seen. Can you imagine a more fun night than just sitting in the barn and plinking freaking rats? <laughs> I have I have got I have got something to add into that. So there is uh, a guy I follow on TikTok. I can't remember his name or I can't remember his TikTok handle, but he also has a YouTube channel if you're not on TikTok. Um, <clears throat> he's got 10 dogs, 12 dogs maybe. And they just, they're, they're just going through the, the UK countryside and they pick up these like hay bales and old sheds and stuff with this forklift. And these dogs just go ham on these rats that are running everywhere. <laughs> And he's he's calling calling the dogs names and he's pointing at the rats and 
they're just grabbing them, shredding them. Oh, oh and it's my just gosh. the thing. Like, I, I, I never thought that I would be so interested in something like that. I think his, <laughs> I think his TikTok handle is Snack Pack Vids, maybe. But I'll, I'll send it to y'all, and maybe if y'all want to put it in the in the show notes or whatever. But um, yeah, but yeah, it's it, it's it's wild with them killing those rats. It's so crazy. I that's awesome. I mean, one more thing about the rats. I also, you also see videos from New York City. Oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. I I don't think anywhere. I don't think. I I highly doubt we have anybody in New York listening right now. And I'm sorry if we do, but I'm not convinced that there's like a not that there's not a part of that city that hasn't been touched by rats. No, there's not. Well, uh, someone who I know, I, I won't out him on this, but, uh, was in Washington, D.C., same uh, – no, not you, Sam. Uh, and no. they uh, they were uh, exiting a Nationals a baseball game, having a great night, sitting there on the curb and uh, see this mouse climb out of the trash can and just came charging at him. And what? they were like kind of sitting there like, this thing is literally charging me. And uh, looked out. Smiled and just <laughs> smoked it, kicked it across the street. <laughs> can't you picture like, oh yeah, like can't you picture like a group of girls standing there, see a little mouse, like go squealing off. <laughs> this one guy's been waiting his whole life to exercise his soccer skills, and there he went. <laughs> Sent him to to meet uh, meet the birds in the air. So, uh, so, so. somebody who needs soccer skills. That's who we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, totally opposite end of the country, but uh, this uh, your y'all's rat stories made me think. This weekend and y'all's rat stories just now just made me think of this. The first time that Emily and I were in New Orleans, we were there in the summertime, and we flew into flew into. Uh, the airport and took a cab to the French quarter where we were staying and we dumped our luggage at the hotel and we went straight over to bourbon street. Okay. Straight over there. And we came out on bourbon street and we went into the first bar we could see. Uh, We both got a beer and a shot. And so I drank my shot and I'm sitting there enjoying my beer. Emily's looking at something on her phone and I have my back to the bar and I'm facing the front door of the bar. And there's a, there's a few people in there, you know, just kind of doing whatever, whatever they do. I'm just kind of people watching yeah. and it's about eight o'clock at night and I see something moving outside the door and, you know, I'm just kind of curiously looking at it. No big deal. Right. This rat walks into the bar and I wish this was a joke. This rat walks into the bar. This thing is like the size of a, like the size of a kitten. Okay, it's huge. Its tail is like probably an entire foot long. It walks in, starts walking Just towards me. In, through into the front the bar, door. Yes. Through, yeah, the front. through the front door. <laughs> I'm picturing like door. Western saloon doors. Just kick it open, and this rat yeah. saunters on in whoa, there. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. The, this this rat walks in 
and starts walking towards me and I'm just I'm just looking at it like I can't even believe that this is happening and it walks in like stands up on its back two legs and kind of looks around a little bit and then walks behind a slot machine and I was like I was like hey hey babe we we, we gotta get out of here I, I don't want to be in here anymore. yeah <laughs> I, don't I just lost my appetite I lost my appetite I absolutely did oh it was disgusting God. Well, uh, disgusting, dude. Also, on your travels, uh, you most recently went to Iceland, but uh, you told us that following our scary stories episode with you, you had something from Scotland. And oh, I brother. have been waiting for this moment. Yeah, I was really curious about. Um, this. I well, maybe I'm waiting for it. I'm not looking forward to it, but I'm here for it. You know what I mean? Chomping at the bit, he is. <laughs> Okay, so I'm at the uh, – Emily and I went to Edinburgh, Scotland in 2018 or 2019, I think. I don't remember Don't remember what year it was, but uh, we went to Edinburgh, and we were there for five days, and then we flew from Edinburgh to Dublin for four more days, and then we came back to the States. So Scotland was a world better. I'm sorry if you live in Ireland. I don't think anybody's listening to this podcast in Ireland, but I'm sorry. Ireland wasn't, wait, that, wasn't that great. Wait, we we had somebody message us from oh, one of these two countries, and I'm, I'm sorry to the listener if uh, I can't I can't think of the country, but we might actually have somebody over there. Anyways, oh, okay. Well, this is not the podcast's opinion. This is Sam's opinion. Okay, uh, Ireland was. Not not as great as Scotland was, but when we were in Scotland, we were staying in Dublin, or not in Dublin, Jesus. Uh, we were staying in Edinburgh in Scotland, and we did a, a couple of ghost tours, uh, went to a couple of really famous cemeteries, uh, good stuff there, but we went to a place called the Edinburgh Vaults at Southbridge. And so what, what this place is, is you walk into it and most of it's built into a bridge and a lot of it goes underground. So what this was initially was a, a place for a place for shop owners to have a place to set up and not be bothered by people outside of the bridge and you could go really far down into the vault. There was like completely wholesome activities like cobblers and seamstresses. And then there is all kinds of shady stuff like prostitution and, you know, all, all kinds of all nice. kinds of bad stuff down there. So they take us. This is not inhabited anymore, obviously, because it's 20 well, at the time it was 2019, but it's still 2023. This is not inhabited anymore. It's just a tourist attraction now. But they're telling us about, okay, you know, this room that we're going into is haunted by this entity. You're, if you have an interaction with this, you'll see a little girl running through in a dress or whatever. Oh, you know, a, a lot of, a lot of really benign stuff, like not, not super scary. And then they get us down to a, they get us down at pretty close to the very bottom. They get us to a cobbler's 
workspace where he had his workbench and he had all of his materials and all this other stuff. And all this stuff is gone by now, right? So I am at the pretty much the back of the group. I pretty much have my back to the wall. There's nobody standing to the left of me. Uh, our tour guide has has a candle to make the like ambiance, you know, to to make it spooky. And sure. we're like, okay, you know, we paid, you know, we paid twenty euros to come on this come on this trip, you know, whatever. And we expect a little a little bit of creepiness, you know. We're not expecting much. Emily's standing in front of me, listening to uh, listening to the guy talking to the guy to the right of me, who is very much there. I had a conversation with him later in the night. He's very much. There, alive, actually exists. He scoots closer to me a little bit. And I scoot over to my left. And I bumped into somebody. And I bumped into that somebody and I said, oh, I'm sorry. And I didn't even didn't even look at him. That might be rude, depending on where you are. But I bumped into somebody didn't think anything of it. I said, I'm sorry. And then I realized, Hey, I'm standing at the very left of the group. There is no one to my left. And I look to my left. There is no one there. There is not, there's not a person there. I I bumped into somebody and there was no one there. There There's no one standing next to my, next to me on my left. There's no one behind me. There's no one in front of me. I'm at the very far left side of the group. I bumped into somebody, but there was no one there. And I came almost entirely unglued. I, I I jumped I jumped into the group of people with my back to them, like you know I'm like internally freaking out, but I don't want to like scream, you know, because I'm a grown yeah. man. But I was absolutely terrified at that. I'm God. about to cry right now. Oh. So there was there was nothing there was no like furniture like a wall like it was like open space right there. Yeah, it it was entirely open space. Our our group was our group was about ten people, and we were occupying about half of the space that we were in, and we were occupying the very far right half, and there was nothing to the left of me. And just literally this, this an area. Yeah, yeah, we were, it was an entirely empty room, and the, this area had a supposedly the spirit was completely benign, like had never done anything weird to any of the guests. It was it was the cobbler's area, like he that this was where he just fixed shoes. Like it, it wasn't it wasn't super scary or anything. Like I didn't bump into him and feel like a feel like I was going to be you know choked in my sleep that night, but. I bumped into something and said, excuse me, didn't think anything of it because I'm a polite person. And then I turned to my left and there is no one there. And it felt like it felt like someone like kind of like a little bit soft slash warm, you know, someone's arm. No, not not warm. But yeah, I I just felt like I bumped into somebody. (laughs) No, not not warm at all. I just I just bumped into somebody. But it was. uh, You know, we're we're down we're down probably fifty feet into the ground and I might have said it was summer, but it was it, it would have been it would have been about winter time because that's when we started traveling around Thanksgiving because it's cheap to travel at that point. 
And so it was cold outside. It was even colder in the vaults. And uh, yeah, I, I bumped into somebody, didn't think anything of it until I looked and then there was no one there. Oh, good grief. I do yeah, not I, like that. No, I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't like them one bit. <laughs> Still don't like they, they took us. Uh, they took us further into the vault after that, and like around the corner, and they put everybody in a into a corner, and they blew out the they, they blew out the guide blew out the candle, and I, I wasn't getting in that corner. I was absolutely not doing it after <laughs> I had already had a ghost encounter. I was like, I ain't doing that. No way. No let me way. let me ask you this: Were you were you uh, were you a a big ghost guy prior to this little experience, or did this change your perspective? This helped helped change my perspective. Like I've always I've always kind of wondered, you know, if that if ghosts were out there. I hadn't had uh, I hadn't had much of encounters prior to this. Uh, Glenn, our our place on McMillan Avenue, I did have an encounter there one time. Did I have I ever told you this story? No. <laughs> are you, uh, bu- <sighs> Bubba, are you about to cry? Probably. Hit me, bro. <laughs> okay. <sighs> so you know how you know how our our place on McMillan, the stairs. You, you know, you walk in the front door, and the stairs go straight up the stairs to oh, all yeah. of our bedrooms. Yep. And you could go and go in a circle around the stairs, down the hall, through the living room, and then out through the room where the fireplace was, around the kitchen, and back down the hallway again, right? Mm-hmm. So I had a dream one time that I was being chased by something. I'm not, not totally sure about what it actually was. I'm not. It's either been too long or. Maybe I didn't actually get a good look at it. But or it was too traumatic. You just blocked it out. That's what I did. That's entirely possible. You know, no, nobody, we, we don't live there anymore. So whatever, right? Uh, I remember running around. You, you remember how uh, how Sadie used to chase us around that? Uh-huh. Yep. We just so run in circles. I, I was, yeah, you know, I, was, I was just running in circles. Um, I don't remember having fun, though, like when Sadie used to chase us. Uh-huh. Uh, I was, I was running in circles and then I made it about halfway up the stairs and I tripped about halfway up the stairs and I turned around and whatever it was, was at the bottom of the stairs. And then I woke up and I was laying on the stairs. What? Yeah. What on earth? <laughs> That's disgusting. I don't like oh. that. That, that was, that, I, that I was the that. That was the only experience that I ever had in that house, and you know, um, nobody else has ever seemed to. That, and that was way before I was into ghost stories and stuff. I wouldn't watch horror movies at that point in my life. I so nobody don't. else had. Nobody. I, I watch horror movies all the time now. I like. I like to get scared. And out of a out of a TV screen, I like to get scared. I'm not. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm interested in being scared away from a TV screen, but I like to get scared in front of a TV screen. Does that make sense? I can't do the TV screen. I like to just read or listen to stories that are scary or creepy, oh. but I just don't do any any scary movies at all. I have no desire. Gosh. Yeah, that, I, that, that makes sense. 
Bro, I'm I'm convinced. I always feel like that house was haunted because it would sound like people were walking upstairs. I mean, almost constantly. Mm-hmm. You're there alone, and, and it didn't seem like it was like that way when everyone was home. But like, dude, it, yeah, multiple times. I I, I remember here, being downstairs and hearing a lot of a lot of creaking upstairs. It was never like somebody's walking from this room to the other, but there was always like singular or sometimes double creaks upstairs. Like somebody took one step and then took another step and then stopped. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, about that time mom and sis were watching a movie, um, upstairs in, uh, sister room and, uh, her dog jumped off the bed. It's their home alone. No one else is there. And just went ballistic barking at the freaking closet. <laughs> At the closet? Oh, yeah. no. I did, I did not know about that. No. Oh, yes, no. I did dude. not know about that. <sighs> I used to... I don't... I, now I'm like, was all those times I was freaking myself out at night? Like, was there something happening? I mean, based on what you just told me, probably. Bro, our old house was haunted. What yeah. the freak? Yeah, it, it, it it probably was. I mean that that was that was the only like legit scary experience that I had. I can remember. <laughs> I can remember one time. <laughs> I remember one time I was there by myself. Uh, it was it, it was a long long time ago. It was before we had Sadie. That's how long ago this was. Yeah, long um, time. Long long time ago, I was sitting in the living room watching the TV. And this is like the middle of the afternoon too, and I kept hearing this screeching sound. And I was like, uh, it, it was it was a screeching sound. What does that mean? Like a like an animal screech or like a a human whale? <sighs> have you heard a, Have you ever heard a tile saw cutting tile? Oh gosh. Um. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I. Yeah. I know that sound. Okay. If you know that sound, that was the screeching sound that I was hearing. And right. I kept I, I keep hearing this sound and I'm like I'm absolutely that, coming unglued trying to figure out where this sound's coming from, what I'm gonna do if whatever it is is in my house. And the reason that I call it a tile saw cutting tile is because our neighbors were having their house remodeled. Oh. And that's what it was. Oh. <laughs> what, Steve, Glenn, Steve, and Karma were having their having something remodeled in their house, and gotcha. whoever it was, was over there cutting tile. Oh. And that that's the only other scary, like really scary event in my mind that sticks out because I walked out in the backyard and I saw the guy over there on the backyard in the back porch cutting tiles. So I'm like that. That's the only really other scary event that I've had there that I really remember. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I woke up many times at night, like from like a scary dream or like with a scary feeling, like some, you know, mm-hmm. something's watching you or feels like it's there, but it's probably just my brain. But good grief. Now I'm like, now nah, there probably was something there. <laughs> something's after me. Yeah. <laughs> Might have been something going on. I'm, we, I'm, we made it out. Yeah. I'm listening to worship music when I go to bed tonight to make sure no one. Uh, <laughs> And then these spirits come come visit. Good grief. Yep. Holy Zamboni. Now I'm all keyed up, bro. Wow. Well, I'll uh 
I'll put that to uh, I'll put that topic to rest if you want me to with a little funny story. Hit me. Uh, I uh, was heading out to my deer blind that Friday morning at McAllister, and the last time I went into the woods with these guys was the last time that I had that experience that I told the last time I was on the podcast, and I'm walking up this gravel road, and I hear what I am like a hundred percent sure is footsteps behind me. And I I'm walking, I hear the steps they're going at exactly the same pace that I'm going. I start running and they're going at the same pace that I'm going. And so I grab my flashlight out of my chest pocket. I turn around and I'm, you know, I'm acting all tactical looking around. There's nothing there. Right. And I realize I have four water bottles in my backpack. It's water sloshing in my backpack is what I heard. Oh. And I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to pee myself because I am so scared. Because the last time I was in the woods with these guys, I had a real scary experience. And it turns out it's water bottles sloshing in my backpack. And I'm just jumpy. That's all that Gosh. it was. I I went so, I went on a solo duck hunt a couple weeks ago. Walked out to the blind, pitch dark, and I just I literally kept having these thoughts like this come into my head. But I was like, I cannot. Like I had to instantly turn it off, or else I just knew I was going to get so spooked I was going to end up like running to the truck all alone <laughs> and leaving all my stuff <laughs> until daylight. I was so just I was on edge, dude. It was crazy. You were just ready to freak yourself all the way out. For sure. For sure. And now I'm glad I didn't. I was a real man that day. Yeah. Yeah, and you got your uh, got your duck too, right? I got one single duck. <laughs> they, you know, yeah. that's the story of my season so far. One duck at a time, baby. That's all it takes. Yeah, exactly. That's how you get to the big numbers. But, yeah. yeah. And, uh, Hudson, for a little bit of background, uh, Glenn sent uh, Glenn sent me a picture of that duck, and I, I sent him a picture of my duck that I keep in my backyard. It looks just like him, and I was like, "Hey, just looks just like my boy, <laughs> my, same my son, yeah. <laughs> same actually." I have mine. He's still alive. He lives in my backyard. Oh yeah, eats my grass. <laughs> Does he have a little pond? little bath back there yes he is he has a has a little kiddie pool him and his uh him and his girlfriend get in there and oh. you know they just easy they save, just splash save the details for our 50 shades they, uh, of feathers i'm, I'm saving podcast. the details <laughs> they, they just they just splash around back there they make happy little duck noises okay i've got uh i've got videos that i can send you that prove that there's nothing lewd going on okay. there okay i might have to see if uh my girlfriend wants to hop in the kiddie pool <laughs> Make some little quack of the kiddie pool, make make happy little duck noises. <laughs> that sounded like a true duck line between the three of us, right there. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, the the duck man, the ghost man, the McAllister man. You're a man of many talents and many stories. My friend, many, and many, many, many stories. I've got yeah. chicken stories. I got goose stories. I've got uh, not goose hunting. Busting my knuckle stories. Freaking bust! Oh when no, I took no. You. 
no no goose hunting stories. I have uh, I have goose stories about the geese that wander around in my backyard. But <laughs> I love it, Mister Doolittle, Doctor Doolittle over here too. Good grief! Yep, that's <laughs> that's me, man. That's awesome. Well, I I'm gonna say we wrap it up here. We covered the topics I wanted to. There's only one more topic, and I'm I'm gonna get too fired up to talk about it. I, I think I just decided it's better it's to birds. Yeah, better better to avoid it. And if you guys are wondering, I'm not getting into it, but let's just say um, every North American bird species with a human's name in it will be renamed. Yeah, that's 80 birds. Why? In the name of inclusivity. That's what I'm going to leave you with, folks. Chew on that one. Let <laughs> us know what you think. Should all birds with a human's name be renamed is that more inclusive or is that disrespectful to people that actually spent their life to discover a new species i don't know you tell me but i say we wrap up here if you want to advocate for the preservation of the history of bird species in north america and prevent woke uncle joe from tearing our country apart you donate to this podcast all right and we will fight for you if we get enough money we will go to capitol hill and we will protest for the we'll birds pro- we will Should stand- we go to city council <laughs> what up council some <laughs> council yeah y'all are gonna end up on a no-fly list if you do that oh we probably already are COVID 19 yeah, guys can't go to the capitol and have fun yeah we just want to storm through right? after the agents let us in we just want to go see the paintings we just want to sit at the desk and wear a braveheart costume what, what's the big deal in that you guys can't cosplay now right <laughs> we just want to relive history that happened on just january 6th the best day of our whole country there it is. There's the list confirmed. <laughs> oh boy. Yep, we'll we'll be there. Hopefully. I would love to be on a list, honestly, you know. List of the best hunters. Any, <laughs> any list. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. Anyway, uh Sam, thank you for uh spending an evening with us, my friend. Yeah, thanks and for brother. having me. You're welcome. I'm sorry that you were not successful at McAllister, but I'm thankful that you got to go back and uh, maybe you'll have another chance in the next couple of years here. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure I will. The way uh, the way my track record's going, it should be about 2026 or 2027 by the time I get to go back. So hopefully, uh, hopefully I'll get to be back on the podcast at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see if we, we let you up. back on. Yeah, yeah, we'll think about it. Uh, no, you'll you'll be on you'll be on before then, I'm sure, because um, like we already just established, you have still a wealth of uh, stories, and I've personally loved every single one of them. Hudson, quit kissing up. I love to hear that. I love to hear it. All right. <clears throat> well, Sam, thank you for coming on the podcast. Hudson, you got any final thoughts for us? Yeah. Um, no, I I I really thought it was gonna come to me. Sometimes I'll start confident, thinking the confidence will produce something in my mind. It's about fifty. It's about sixty forty, actually. I'd say. Okay. 
Um, so we're on the 40% side this time. Okay. But then if you kind of think about it, I'm saying something right now. So did I really do the, a good job? Time will tell. Audience will tell. They will. They will. Uh, speaking of the audience, thank you guys for listening to us. Um, again, if you want to support us, feel free. No obligation there. Um, but uh, we appreciate everyone that really just even takes the time to listen. Um, another way that you can support us truthfully is just sharing this podcast with someone new. We're actually hitting some really awesome growth right now. Um, really fun to watch the numbers start ticking up as more people discover us. And um, we get to keep sharing the good news about hunting and fishing and uh, the life that it brings to us and the friendships and the fellowships and the time of creation. You know the drill. I'm going to shut up because I could probably keep talking. So thank you guys for listening to episode 50. Hudson, Sam, and Glenn out.